From a $100 million ripple hack to one of the biggest Bitcoin seizures in history, this isn't an episode to miss. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want Occam's razor your way to the front of the pack in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. I've only just started recording, but I think this is going to be one of the most interesting episodes of all time, albeit dark in places. Up first, the chairman of Ripple, Chris Larson, has been hacked for $112.5 million. Next, Binance is being sued again, but this time by Hamas terror victims. The stablecoin issuer Tether has posted record profits in 2023. The attempted purchase of a $30 million mansion with crypto leads to a massive Bitcoin seizure in London. And a fascinating study shows that 84% of Bitcoin investors believe new all-time highs are on the horizon. Regular listeners will know that there are a handful of personalities in crypto that are on a pedestal for varying reasons. One of those is the digital detective and on-chain operative Zach XBT. Yesterday, Zach broke one hell of a story and potentially forced the subject of the story to announce it. Zach's post on X read as follows. It appears that Ripple was hacked for 213 million XRP, 112.5 million US dollars. Zach XBT then linked the source address, followed by, so far the stolen funds have been laundered through MEXC, Gate, Binance, Kraken, OKX, HTX, HitBTC, etc. Chris Larson, the co-founder and executive chairman of Ripple, quoted Zach's post and included the following text. Yesterday, there was unauthorized access to a few of my personal X XRP accounts, not Ripple. We were quickly able to catch the problem and notify exchanges to freeze the affected addresses. Law enforcement is already involved. Several people commented on this post to ask whether Larson would have come forward had Zach XBT not outed the hack. Regardless, underneath, Larson added, This is an isolated incident and Ripple wallets are secure, were never compromised. We've confirmed nearly all the affected funds were converted out of XRP. We're working with law enforcement and have been advised that a significant portion of funds have been frozen and we are pursuing the remainder aggressively. So Larson didn't confirm or deny Zach XBT's post with regards to the stolen amount. But given that he quoted Zach and didn't correct it, it seems fair to say that it was either close or correct. Now, with those three posts in mind, the one from Zach XBT and two from Chris Larson, I want to marry up two pieces of information to see how they look next to each other. A few of Larson's personal XRP accounts were hacked for $112.5 million. Sorry, what? Larson's wording of unauthorized access to a few of my personal XRP accounts makes it sound like he lost at most a few thousand dollars, not 112.5 million. Zach XBT did actually reply to Larson's post with what suggests possibly the most plausible reason for this. Zach wrote, totally, completely separate entities, wink, wink. In short, it seems that Zach thinks Larson is jumping on the hack grenade to protect the integrity of Ripple. As far as how much Ripple was affected by this, it did take a slight hit on price, but nothing too wide. Now we just have to wait and see how exactly Larson's personal accounts were hacked. Binance may have settled with the United States Department of Justice, but a thread to that case has returned in a new and deeply somber lawsuit. Victims of the 7th of October attack on Israel by Hamas are suing the governments of Iran and Syria, but also Binance and its ex-CEO Changpeng Zhao, CZ. 
and they're doing so under the United States Anti-Terrorism Act. The plaintiffs include former hostages and family members who want compensation, punitive damages and reimbursement of costs, claiming that the defendants provided substantial assistance to terrorists. The filing stated, Defendant Binance processed numerous transactions associated with Hamas and related Palestinian terrorist groups between 2017 and mid-2023, providing a clandestine financing tool that Binance deliberately hid from US regulators. I am of course not in a position to speak on the veracity of these claims, but we did report on Cointelegraph just three days after the attack that Binance froze accounts linked to Hamas militants as per requests from Israeli law enforcement. But that doesn't answer the question of whether Binance did everything it reasonably could to combat terror financing. The plaintiffs went on to cite the $4.3 billion November settlement between Binance and the DOJ, stating that the US Department of Justice, DOJ, and US regulators disclosed that for years, Binance knowingly permitted illicit actors, including Hamas and other terror groups, to evade US laws and regulatory restrictions related to terror financing. We did reach out to Binance for comment on this story, but we didn't receive an immediate response. Okay, let's change gears here with something a little less dark. The stablecoin issuer Tether has become one of the real success stories of crypto. What makes this all the more impressive is that much of the gains have been made during the icy depths of a crypto winter. 2022 was one of the most difficult years in the industry and it saw a frozen army of crypto firms submitting to the conditions and filing for bankruptcy. But all the while, Tether was busy channeling its inner Ernest Shackleton. The company's objective was to back its stablecoin USDT with higher quality assets. We've seen stablecoins depeg in the past over fears that the reserves are not sufficient to back the circulating supply of their token. Well, Tether has put some real distance between itself and FUD after posting record-breaking net profit in quarter four of 2023, a staggering $2.85 billion. This brought the net profit for the year to $6.2 billion, $4 billion of which was generated by non-crypto investments. This was primarily achieved through United States Treasury securities. Tether now has $91.6 billion in assets under management, with $2.5 billion in Bitcoin, $3.5 billion in gold, and $1.5 billion in venture capital investments. As for Treasury securities, Tether CEO and one of our favorite crypto characters, Paolo Arduino, said in September that the company is one of the world's top buyers of US Treasury bills. That doesn't seem like an unreasonable claim to make, given that Tether now has 80.3 billion dollars worth of US treasuries. Treasury bills are considered to be one of the safest investments you can make as they are backed by the US government and their returns are not to be sniffed at. In December, the yield for the one-year US Treasury bill was 4.7%. So it's pretty clear how Tether has managed to become so profitable, particularly in the last few years. Analysis from Zipia shows that Tether currently employs only 125 people, which brings the net profit per employee to $22.8 million in the last quarter of 2023. To put that in perspective, Apple was in the top 20 companies in the US by profit per employee last year. They recorded $609,000 of profit per employee. Number one in the US by this metric, the energy firm ConocoPhillips managed $2 million per employee. Tether did over 10 times that in Q4, but obviously the low number of employees at Tether skews the result, but still it's no less impressive. In 2023, Tether managed to accumulate $5.4 billion in excess reserves, which covers the $4.8 billion in secured loans outstanding. In a statement, the company said, Tether is proud to announce that it has achieved its goal of removing the risk of secured loans from 
from the token reserves, while such loans are widely over-collateralized. Tether's USDT stablecoin now represents 70% of all stablecoins in circulation. Quite the market share. A fantastically bizarre story came out of my own little island this week and it has taken a court case to bring it to light. I have no idea how this happened a stone's throw from where I live and was so successfully kept under wraps. The story has two main characters, Zimin Xian and Jian Wen. Wen is a Chinese national but has been a British citizen since 2018 and was recruited to assist Qian in money laundering. Qian came to the UK under a false identity with funds taken from an investment fraud scheme in China from 2014 to 2017. Wen worked in a Chinese takeaway restaurant in South East London and lived in a room beneath the restaurant before meeting Qian. Wen, on Qian's behalf, tried to buy luxury items and real estate with Bitcoin, including a property for 23 million pounds or about 30 million dollars. This seven bed mansion with a swimming pool was in Hampstead, which for those who haven't been to London is a leafy suburb that houses, for the most part, the rich and famous. The purchase of the house did not go through because Wen couldn't explain the source of the assets. And before long, the police were raiding the house Wen and Qian were renting. This house was also in Hampstead and the rent was 21,500 per month. So inside the property, there was a safety deposit box that contained digital wallets. The digital wallets each had crypto on them that totaled, and brace yourself here, 61,000 Bitcoin. At the time of their seizure back in 2021, this was worth $1.7 billion. Reuters reported yesterday that Chan's fraud yielded as much as $6.3 billion. Upon Wen's arrest, she first claimed the crypto had been mined. 61,000 Bitcoin mined. To put that in perspective, in November last Last year, CoinGecko tallied up all of the top 14 Bitcoin mining companies by total holdings, and between all of them, they held about 39,000 Bitcoin. Wen quickly changed her story and said that some of the Bitcoin was a love present. Wen is currently on trial at Southwark Crown Court for three counts of money laundering between October 2017 and January 2022. Though prosecutor Gillian Jones told the jury that Wen was not involved in the fraud committed by Qian to acquire the Bitcoin. Speaking of Qian, who used a fake name and identity while here in the UK, she seemingly got wind of the authorities closing in and vanished. Her whereabouts are still unknown. And the trial continues. And for the final story on that study about Bitcoin investors and the halving event, I'm going to pass over to Gareth Jenkinson. We received some pretty interesting data from a survey carried out by BitGet. Uh, it surveyed 9,748 people and 84% of those participants say they expect Bitcoin to surpass the 2021 bull market all-time high of $69,000, which is pretty interesting uh, considering that we are moving into a bull market now. And obviously, we've seen Bitcoin ETFs approved in the US, which has uh, had a bit of an influence there as well. Another takeaway, which is quite interesting, a lot of these investors don't think that the Bitcoin halving are going to have a massive impact on price. And I spoke to uh, Adam back a couple of months ago, and he gave me a similar prediction saying that you only really see uh, the bull market wind up to its highs 18 months after the Bitcoin halving has happened historically. So we'll, we'll wait to see what happens, but it's pretty clear that uh, investors are feeling pretty bullish about Bitcoin's price over the next 12 months or so. Well, that was one hell of an episode, but that is it for today. So consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing and leaving a review. Have a great day 
Let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs>